Hey there, John Rollison here, and I am doing my uh, podcast slash vlog from my car again. So if, uh, who is it, Jerry Seinfeld can do comedians in cars getting coffee, I can do John teaching about Jesus in a Jetta with Java. <laughs> I went up the alliteration. Woohoo! Let's see if they get back to me and go for five. So today we're going to talk about the, what is commonly known as the parable of the sower. And uh, before we do, I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody who helps uh, support and spread the podcast and vlog. A uh, special shout out to Patreons. Uh, I have a Patreon account. If you want to support me, it's patreon.com forward slash John Rallison. And uh, when people say every even a dollar a month helps, it's true. Uh, it certainly does help with the costs of producing and distributing this. And uh, when I do it this way, I have gas costs too. <laughs> but I'll tell you what else it is. It's like a vote. It's like someone says, yes, the teaching that you take your time to put together and put out into the world is important and it's valuable. And so when someone uh, steps into uh, the role of a patron, that is really like so encouraging to me and I just want to shout out to my uh, patrons a thank you but I also want to thank everybody else who takes the time just to listen first of all because that's the whole point of this thing right I don't go back and listen to myself uh, but also uh, those who uh, share this on their social media or click the like button or whatever and I if you're watching it now I encourage you to subscribe and that's all the preamble I'm gonna give and now we're gonna move on to the parable of the sower so Sowing is uh, getting seeds into the soil uh, in order to grow them, you know, like a farmer's. A farmer sows seed. And nowadays, of course, we have giant tractors that do this and, and, and machines. And we've even had, you know, for a long time, we've had, there's been different kinds of machines, even stuff pulled by oxen and stuff to do that. But back in Jesus' day, I just want to set the picture for you before we actually go into the parable. So the way sowers would sow back in Jesus' day is they would have a bag of seed slung around their shoulder and then they would be reach into the bag and then they would just like fling the seed around like that. Just they'd take handfuls and fling it around. The, the nearest thing we probably have to that today is if you watch movies uh, where there are farms. When people go feed the chickens, they have a bag of chicken feed and they just, oh, why? better be careful when I'm in the car. They just fling that seed around, right? So that's the way people would sow. That's the way farmers or the worker, the farmer hired would sow the seed in their field. They're just walking and flinging. All right, so now this is the parable that Jesus told. This parable is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, which are three of the four gospels. Uh, the gospel accounts are the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each tell the story of Jesus at, uh, from a different perspective and, and uh, highlighting and accenting different things. But this one's in all three of them. So here, here's the parable of the sower. Jesus said, listen, a sower went out to sow the seed, and some of the seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate the seed because there was no soil at all. It fell on the hard path. Some of the seed fell on rocky soil, 
where there was no depth. And it sprang up quickly because it had a little shallow soil. But the sun came out, and when the sun came out, it scorched the plants because they had no root and they died. Some seeds fell among the thorns. And these seeds grew up, but the thorns choked out the seeds and they bore no fruit. And some seeds fell on good soil. And these seeds bore fruit 30, 60, even a hundredfold. So that's the parable. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. Okay, so there is one great thing about this parable. Well, there's a lot of great things, but one of the particularly nice things for those of us who want to learn from Jesus is unlike many parables, this parable is one in which Jesus explains the parable to his disciples in private, and we have that explanation. So that's kind of cool. So the explanation of the parable goes like this. The seed is the word of God. The seeds that fell on the path are those that fell on hard hearts, and Satan came and snatched it away before it ever had a chance to take root. Excuse me, I'm bringing Java in my Jetta while I'm talking about Jesus. Uh, the seed that fell on the rocky soil uh, it symbolizes the people who have uh, no depth of, of character. They, they don't take the word in deep. They receive it with joy for a while, but when difficulty comes, they wither and die under the difficulty. The seed that fell among thorns is like the seed that people, the word that people take to heart and begin to live it, but the worries and cares and desires for riches in this life choke it out and it bears no fruit. And the seed that fell on the good soil is like the seed that fall, is, is the word that falls on a noble and good heart who embraces it and lives it. And they bear fruit for the kingdom, 30, 60, 100 fold. So that's the parable and that's the explanation. And that's the end of the podcast. No, not quite. So there's a few things that I want to cover. The thing about parables is you can dig around in them and they'll bring different things and, and bring different truths. And so we looked at the parable of the prodigal son last time and we saw that both of the sons represented uh, ways that people go through life ways that people exist, things that people experience. And we saw the Father represented uh, our Heavenly Father, the Creator, uh, the ultimate love of the universe, uh, the, the being of infinite intelligence who brought everything that we know into existence, uh, whatever you want to call God. Uh, God's kind of a fuzzy word, actually, because everybody uses something different for the word God, right? So uh, I want to say something besides just God. I would say, you know, infinite love and power and wisdom or something like that. So in this parable, Jesus explains some things. And like the two sons give us a chance to reflect on our own lives, the four different types of soil give us a chance to reflect on our own lives. And I, well, first of all, let me just say this. I don't think this is this 
parable is here to judge anybody. It's a parable that's here for us to reflect on our lives. And each of these soils represents a different way that our heart can be toward the Word of God. So Jesus said the seed is the Word of God. Let's unpack that for just a moment. So if we look around in the Bible a little bit, in the Gospel of John, we're going to find some curious phrasing. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, uh, and the Word was with God in the beginning. So there's this thing called the Word uh, that is, uh, the Greek word there is logos. It's like the essence of something. It's the central meaning and thrust of something. Uh, so in the beginning was the Word. It's kind of weird, but what we find few verses later is what's important is well it's not the only thing that's important but what's important for us it says the word became flesh and it's talking about Jesus and we have beheld his glory glory as of the one and only full of grace and truth grace and truth so when the word of God comes uh, who is incarnate in Jesus Christ that word brings grace and truth and Paul actually talks about this same kind of thing later when he talks about us growing up and maturing spiritually. He says basically the same thing. We do it by speaking the truth in love. And so this word that is being sown is a word of grace and truth. It's not glossing over anything. It's not pretending. It's not coaching us to pretend we're something we're not or anything like that. But it's also coaching us away from judgment toward love, toward grace, toward compassion. So this word of God is grace and truth. And it's the call to follow Jesus, living your life in grace and truth. And this word gets scattered by God all over the world. It gets scattered. I'm gonna pause here. I was gonna do this later, but I think I wanna get it out right now. The one thing that Jesus doesn't talk about, which is one thing that I think is really important, is who is this sower? Because I'll tell you what, the sower is horrible. You would never hire this sower. Don't hire this farmer. That was one of the titles I was thinking of. Don't hire this farmer. The, uh, the case of the sloppy sower. Because he doesn't, he just throws it. He's got valuable seed and he throws it everywhere. He throws it on the path. Excuse me for, for hitting the camera there. He throws it on the path. He throws it on rocky ground who throws it among the thorns you know if you're like uh if you're trying to be all commercial and successful you're going to be seed is valuable and you're going to throw it where you think it's going to grow you're not going to just chuck it everywhere and this farmer chucks the seed everywhere just like last time we heard the father in the prodigal son loving both of his sons equally all the time. Of course, they had consequences for what they did, but the, the love of the father in that parable was universal, unanimous, and unending. And we see the exact same thing here in the parable of the sower. We see the sower is the father, and we know that because the seed is the word of God who comes from the father. And so what we see is the indiscriminate love of the father sowing grace and truth everywhere. And Jesus said the same thing about uh, us. And when we walk around with judgment and with withholding generosity and a sense of scarcity and all those kind of things, he said, listen, 
the time has come if somebody has two coats they should give one of those to somebody who has none and things like that and <clears throat> excuse me so Jesus said if you want to be like God then love everybody indiscriminately just like your father in heaven sends the rain on the unjust and the just alike right it's it's not like it only rains on people who are worthy to have it rained on it rains on everybody because God sends the rain on everybody and I don't I know the science of rain that's not what I'm getting at I'm using the illustration that Jesus used so that points us back to this parable where the sower who is God throwing the word of God that grace gracious and truthful word into the world is indiscriminate and he throws it everywhere and if we really want to be like God that's how we're gonna be with everybody all the time we, we can quit evaluating their worthiness for us to be gracious toward them and truthful toward them because that's not how God acts that's not how the rain acts that's not how the father in the parable of the the prodigal son act acted and that's not how the sower acts in this parable he throws grace and truth out indiscriminately and so that I think really if you want the the, uh, the underlying point of this parable you can learn to follow the Father by being a sower who sows indiscriminately, by being a person who moves through your life throwing out grace and truth indiscriminately toward everybody, and then you are actually a sower in the kingdom of God. So I think that's the big thing. We don't, we don't farm, we don't give out grace and truth, we don't evaluate who's worthy of our graciousness or, or worth us taking the time and effort and sometimes risk to be truthful to we just live in grace and truth so that that's like the bigger thing here that's the underlying thing and if you do that we're gonna work backwards we're starting with the sower if you begin and continue to sow grace and love into the world indiscriminately what's gonna happen is every gonna is everybody gonna respond to that grace and truth that you are bringing as a messenger of the love of God that he's put on display in Jesus Christ? The answer from this parable is no, it ain't gonna happen. Does that mean you don't sow the seed? No, some of the seed you sow, sometimes when you're gracious and truthful to people, it is gonna be, and you've experienced this, and I've experienced this, I've been this too, it's gonna be like a hard path. It, it's gonna be like you're talking to a brick wall. It's, you're, you're gonna make no, headway at all with the person you're going to feel no movement of their spirit you're going to feel no opening up of their heart to a relationship to you you're going to feel no dissipation of whatever anger or bitterness they're holding on to does that mean you don't sow grace and truth into their life of course not but it means that you don't get better and walk away because you trying to bring grace and truth into your life isn't doing anything because you expect it because the parable has told you to expect that some people will be like sowing seeds on a path and by the way these paths this is not like i'm in florida right now when you walk on a path it's in florida it's pretty sandy uh and even when you walk on a path in the woods it can be kind of hard pressed down but the paths that jesus is talking about 
oftentimes are paths that have been walked on for hundreds of years. When I was in England, uh, footpaths have right away over landowners in lots of places in England because they were there before the landowners. And so these paths are like concrete. They are that hard. The water runs off them. They, you could walk on them. They don't get muddy because they're just so hard packed. So sometimes that's who you're going to encounter if you're going to be a person who wants to bring grace and truth into the world. So just expect it and say, well, I, I've done my part. I have brought grace and truth here. And then you can move on because you never know what's going to happen next. They might be a different kind of soil for someone else. You don't know for sure, but that can happen. So that's one thing. Uh, so the next kind of uh, recipient to your grace and truth, let me go back to that, that hard pack soil. Sometimes that's you. I think I already said that. Yes, I did. Sometimes that's you. And so when you realize that sometimes that's you and sometimes you're not ready to be open and you just need space or whatever you need, if someone else is being like a hard path to you, then you should be able to empathize with them and just back off and give them the space they need because you've been there too, right? So that's another piece of that puzzle uh, in terms of reflection on our own hearts. The, okay, so the next one, we got the hard path and the next one is the rocks. These are the shallow ones. And you know, <sighs> Again, uh, people, for those of us who want to be sowers of the word, who want to bring grace and truth into the world, we have to expect that some people are going to be like, oh yeah, that's cool, that's awesome, and then walk away and it's not going to really change anything in their life or whatever, right? They're going to agree with you that we should be living in grace and truth or whatever like that, uh, but it's not going to really sink in. And just like sometimes you're the path, Sometimes you are rocky soil. Sometimes I'm rocky soil. And I would like to move that out of the realm of judgment and just leave it in the realm of reality for you. It's the way it is. Because so sometimes you're distracted and other people are talking to you and, and, and um, but you're kind of only half there. And that's an entirely different issue. That's called mindfulness and presence in the moment which is a whole nother issue to get to at a different time. But sometimes you're just not there, right? You've got something going on in your mind and people are talking to you and trying to connect with you or whatever. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on a deeper level, this idea of the rocky soil, if we can remove judgment from it, we can do that by, by noticing and observing that not everybody is ready for every truth, for every, uh, gesture of outreach for every desire to connect at a given time. Truth, and indeed the, the desire to be open to other people's relationships too, takes time to work its way through our lives. There are things that I could say to you now, and you would be able to hear them now, and take them into yourself, and process them in a way that's helpful for your soul that takes you somewhere, that brings something to you, that opens something up inside of you. And that thing that I might say to you now that could do that, you would not have been ready for that possibly last year, five years ago, 10 years ago. Think about yourself 10 years ago 
do you look at things the same way as you do now? No. So some of the things that, that like are, you're like, wow, that's cool when you hear it now. Ten years ago, you would have been, I, I mean, I don't know where you might have been like, heretic or <laughs> whatever. I don't know. What depends on where you are and what you're growing up as and stuff like that, right? So <sighs> this idea of the shallow soil, certainly we want to encourage, I want to encourage you and I want to encourage me to be wholehearted and open as I move through my life. But I also want to say that there are times and seasons where people are able to hear things and times and seasons where they can't. Maybe they just haven't grown to that level. So, you know, uh, Jesus talks about it. He says, don't throw your pearls before swine or they're just going to trample all over them, right? Uh, because, and, and that's not because some people are just inherently swine. I don't think Jesus looks at anybody like that. But different people are at different places in their spiritual walk, in their spiritual growth. We know this with our, our minds. We, can, we, can't, we can't necessarily even teach kids the same way as we teach adults because they, you know, they're, some make it all the way to abstract thinking and some people are in concrete operational thinking and, and there's different levels to that, right? And so there's different levels as people move through their spiritual life. And so my encouragement to you is not to try to analyze everybody and put them on a particular uh, rung on the spiritual growth ladder, but just to recognize that not everybody's gonna get, is where you are and not everybody's gonna be able to hear from you things that are feeling true to you right now. Uh, and they're not all going to be able to connect with things with you. And so, uh, you know, it's not that you're rocky soil and forget it. I'm never casting grace and truth into your life again. That is not what this parable is encouraging at all. What, is, what I'm encouraging you to do is realize that sometimes it's going to be that way. The third soil is the thorny soil. And uh, you and I, again, the, the soil piece gives us a chance for self-reflection and it gives us a chance to realize that other people are at different places in their lives, right? So the thorny soil is where that plant takes root and grows up, but the thorns uh, choke off the fruit. And that's, that's worries, cares, desires for riches. That, that's what Jesus says. And that doesn't mean riches. That means desire for riches, okay? We just want to move past that. Money is not the root of evil. It's the love of money. It's the thinking that money is going to do for you what it cannot do, which is give you a sense of peace and joy and security. All those things come from stuff you can't buy anyways. Uh, not completely. I wrote a blog about that, uh, and it all ties in together. And uh, I'll have to, next time, figure out how to get you the link to that blog. But, so, you are at times going to be thorny soil. You are at times going to have worries and cares. You at times may succumb to the desire for riches and begin to let that guide everything you do. Now, that's not saying you don't need to, to look for ways to earn money and provide for your family and all that stuff. But when that becomes what you are seeking in order to fill spiritual things in your life, then your desire for money is actually going to choke out the spiritual fruit of grace and truth uh, that can be part of your life. So if you're going to be the now flipping it roles, if you're the, you're the sower again, if you're trying to bring grace and truth into people's lives and they're just not 
able to hear it, you can expect that. You can expect that sometimes the worries and cares of this world are going to uh, be so strong in people's lives that they may not be able to hear grace and truth from you. And and if that's the case, you know, that, that might be something, and you have to figure this out, if you can gently point out to people that, you know, uh, and that maybe they are looking in the wrong place for the things that they desire. If they desire peace, inner peace, and they're looking for that in a certain uh, income figure, they're not going to find it. If they're looking for security in wealth, they're not going to find it. Of course, there's like food security that goes with having wealth and stuff, but that, that deeper sense of security and avoiding major tragedies, I can tell you from all sorts of people I know that having money does not insulate you from tragedies and difficulties of life. So, uh, and you might, there, there will be people who worry is choking out the fruit of grace and truth in their life. And you might be able to gently suggest to them, uh, point them to the fact that worrying about tomorrow doesn't do anything. Now you can uh, be concerned today about what needs to be done today to prepare for tomorrow. But if you just uh, let your mind spin out of control into the future, that's a miss. You, you have a God-given imagination. And your imagination is for dreaming and doing and getting things done. And when you let your imagination spin out of control to paint horrible futures. Now you can do that if you're going to use that in the present to prepare for them, but if you're just going to sit there and indulge your negative imagination with worry, that is going to choke the fruit of the Spirit uh, out of your life, which is uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, things like that. That's what the Bible calls us fruit of the Spirit. And if you let worry guide you, you are, in fact, going to choke love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. out of your life. And so, if you're trying to bring the word, of grace and truth, that will bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc. into other people's lives and they're not able to hear it, you might be able to gently suggest that they need to check their... What are they doing with their imagination? Their worries and cares and things like that. All these are entire podcasts. Uh, that could be done on them. So the last is the good soil, and that is the soil of the heart that's ready to hear, eager to hear, and hears with depth and wholeheartedness. And of course, that's the that's the uh, that's uh, that's the kind of relationship I want. I want relationships with people who want to be in relationships with me that are wholehearted, and and that's also the kind of heart we want toward the universe, toward other people, uh, toward the grace and truth of God that's trying to get into our heart and our lives to, to push us, uh, draw us, to, to uh, woo us along the path of spiritual growth. Because as you grow spiritually, more and more, you are going to be the indiscriminate sower. You're going to be the bad farmer. You're going to be the one that doesn't like evaluate the soil ahead of time. You're going to be sowing grace and truth into people's lives no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. Your eyes are going to be open, your antenna are going to be up, hands back on the steering wheel, John. <laughs> and you're going to you're going to notice opportunities to bring grace and truth into people's lives and you're going to learn how to do it. Uh and, and just one one little thing. 
about bringing truth into people's lives. Uh, you might be wrong and they might be wrong. So when you feel that someone isn't seeing a situation correctly, isn't thinking about a situation correctly, has, when you, th okay, let's just use your own words. When someone's like totally wrong, that's what you think in your head, right? They're just totally wrong. You are screwed up. To approach that, you have to always recognize that you might actually be the one who's totally wrong too. And so when you approach that, you have to speak, and this is just very, very practical advice now. You, you bring up the difference between the way you look at, it, look at it and the way they look at it. You don't say, you are wrong. You don't even, you, you don't even say, you've really, you know, I think you're mistaken there. You could say that. But if you really want to help them be good soil instead of turn into the path, you say something like, huh, tell me more about that so you understand. That's the first thing Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand and then be understood. So you say, tell me more about that. That's the phrase that pays almost any time. And then after that, after they've had a chance, then you say, that's very interesting. I see it really differently. I, I, and then you you know, ask for permission, say, can I, can I tell you how I see it differently? It's really differently than you. Um, and then you can tell them and that will help them uh, stay open even when you're bringing truth, even when you're bringing an unpleasant truth about it, some sort of way they might be looking at things wrong or whatever. So that's, that's kind of the parable of sower. Let me drive along here and think for a moment, see if I missed anything. We got the four heart types, right? And uh, the, the hard heart, the shallow heart, the distracted heart, and the whole heart. That would be the four path types. And you and I each become different types of that heart at different times in different places, different things triggering us and all that stuff. Sometimes we're the hard heart, sometimes we're the shallow heart, sometimes we're the distracted heart, and sometimes we're the whole heart. And I would say in terms of your own reflection, the more you can move toward living wholeheartedly all the time, the better for you. And uh, an author who writes about that, and I would recommend to you is Brene Brown. Uh, she's got uh, several books. One's called Daring Greatly, which is a great book on wholehearted living. I'd, I'd say that's the one I'd recommend first, but she's got several others. So we've got our four heart types. And then we remember that we can expect those four types of hearts when we are trying to live bringing grace and truth into other people's lives. We can expect hard hearts, shallow hearts, distracted hearts, and whole hearts. And we don't evaluate which one of those we're encountering and decide whether or not we want to bring, take the effort to be, bring grace and truth into this person's life or not. We sow indiscriminately. Because if we want to be like God, if we want to be like the being of infinite intelligence and love that brought the universe into existence and who will redeem all, if we want to participate in that redemption, if we want to walk in the spirit, we're going to be people who sow grace and truth indiscriminately into other people's lives, regardless of which heart it feels like to us our seed is hitting it. So that's it. That's my uh, that's my little two cents on the parable of the sower, the parable of the bad farmer, 
the uh, the curious case of the sloppy sewer. <laughs> I want to thank you for listening or watching. If you have been riding in the car with me, uh, I hope I haven't, you know, had to make any swervy moves that I did. Don't remember now. And until next time, I wish for you that your heart would be good soil to receive the grace and truth that the God of the universe is always desiring to pour into your life and a desire for you that that bears fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control and all those kind of things and that you can take the farmer as your example and indiscriminately sow grace and truth into the life of others. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.